All right, Left Brained, episode six. Uh, it's going to be a real upper of an episode. So we were originally going to talk about politics, uh, kind of seeing how the dust had settled after Super Tuesday, maybe do some theories on what might happen going forward or who should do what. But like over the last 24 hours, uh, two of the main candidates, uh, Buttigieg and Klobuchar, have dropped out, throwing their support behind Biden in a rally tonight. Uh, this kind of leaves the status of Elizabeth Warren, who is also another also-ran up in the air. Uh, she says she's going to stay until the convention, which is a dumb idea. She's also going to lose her home state of Massachusetts, which is about to be fucking hilarious. Um, so we're not really sure exactly what she's doing. Uh, Moose thinks it is in her best interest to commit seppuku and endorse Bernie Sanders. Veda, more of a um, I'm-with-her-feminist kind of thinks, you know, just, just stay in. Just stay in forever and ruin everything. Because that's, that's kind of how Veda's been doing it these days. Um, so instead of talking about politics, uh, we're going to do an episode on everybody's favorite director. Um, you love him. I love him. He is a filmmaker, a convicted criminal, a rapist, a truly repugnant human being. The one and only Roman Polanski. And... Before we do that, we'll do our quick recommendation of the week, which is a throwback to the mid-90s, because I am not listening to new music lately. Uh, I have, however, been listening to Oasis's second album, What's the Story, Morning Glory, and I defy you to find a bad song on that. Um, arguably an album that makes cocaine seem incredibly cool, and seems like everybody just should do drugs and do guitar solos for as long as they fucking want. Uh, so that's 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 the official Left Brain Podcast recommendation. Um, on account of me seeing Liam Gallagher at a festival later this year, was not excited about that till I checked out some of his recent set list and realized he's essentially just an Oasis cover band, which uh, actually fucking rules. Uh, so, what's the story? Morning Glory holds up. It's probably about twenty five years old. Cast No Shadow, still, still great song. Um, the title track owns Champagne Supernova, as weird and awesome as you remember it. Um, completely unnecessarily long. None of the lyrics make any sense. Um, production value is fantastic. Just a band at the height of their powers and the probably not the height of their drug use. That's probably be here now. That's why that album maybe sucks a little bit. Um, but just 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 rocking, completely rocking. Um, so now that we're done with the fun portion, which is the Gallagher portion, um, Polanski. And he's been back in the news this week because he seems to pop up back in the news every now and then because he either makes a movie and gets protested gets arrested or has uh, new rape allegations against him, usually from someone young who was in his employ as an actress. Um, this week he has been back in the news because the French uh, Film Awards, the Caesars, which are essentially their, you know, the, the French Oscars, um, awarded Polanski Best Adapted Screenplay and, um, or maybe Best Screenplay, I'm actually not sure how they broke that down and I refuse to research it. Uh, but more controversially, Best Director for his movie about the Dreyfus Affair, uh, called J'accuse. Uh, in English, it's being billed as an officer and a spy. Currently has no U.S. release date, although I have heard. The film is very good. As with any Polanski movie, it is also completely controversial because it's made by Roman Polanski. Um, and so while the award was given out, a number of people left in protest, including an actress from Portrait of a Lady on Fire who has, you know, been sexually assaulted. The host protested, apparently. Um, I could do further research into exactly who protested what, but that's not really the core of what I want to get into here. 
the core is that, I mean, this is not the first time Polanski's also been a controversial award winner. He won the Oscar uh, for Best Director for The Pianist uh, and got a standing ovation um, despite being not at the ceremony because he's not allowed to come to the country without being arrested immediately for fleeing on a guilty charge that he pled guilty to. This is not a contested charge. He pled guilty to unlawful intercourse with a minor. Um, a couple years ago, he was also arrested in Switzerland, I believe, en route to a film festival. Um, they were called for him to be extradited to the U.S. There was also a nauseatingly long list of filmmakers, uh, many of whom I respect and love and have been moved by, who called for his release, uh, which was unfortunate. And so Polanski had kind of been skating by as kind of this weird, you know, he had a weird thing happen to him in the 70s or whatever the fuck, and then he's been out in Europe making movies and he's kind of has his little fan base and every now and then he'll make a great movie like The Pianist uh, or a really good thriller like The Ghost Writer. Uh, sometimes he'll swing and miss or make an interesting, you know, disaster like The Ninth Gate. Uh, but he's kind of playing in the sandbox over there and just kind of was generally forgotten outside of people who really are live and breathe film. Uh, you know, he was he was a guy who had a weird past and that was kind of just what you did with it. Obviously, the Me Too movement has put a new... Um, lens on how we view him, how we view everything that's happened to him afterwards, um, much of which, obviously, I should note, I was not alive for, um, being 30, uh, you know, all this happened, 31, rather, all this happened well before my time, although I, I, I should admit right now, I am a fan of Robert Polanski, the director, if only because he is the first director I ever really truly studied in film school, um, so there is an unfortunate part of me that is deeply attached to his films, um, his case was also a subject of renewed interest when uh, the HBO documentary Roman Polanski Wanted a Desire came out. That took a more sympathetic view towards him, uh, arguing that there had been some malpractice potentially on the side of the prosecution, trying to um, you know maybe sucker him into a worse conviction than he was deserved because the judge wanted to make a name for himself. And really the only thing to take from that movie, or its follow-up, um, Odd Man Out, is that the woman at the... Ca- at the center of that case, of the Polanski unlawful rape case that got him to flee the country, says she does not want this case prosecuted any further. Um, and I believe, you know, to whatever happens to Roman Polanski in the future, I hope that her wishes are respected just so she doesn't get dragged back into it. Um, and I'm not here to relitigate the history of Roman Polanski's other alleged abuses. He's been accused many times of many things. He's also had an insane life on his own. His parents were killed in the ho- Some of his parents were killed in the Holocaust, I think his father. Um, he also uh, was, of course, married to Sharon Tate, who was pregnant with his child at the time she was murdered by the Manson family. Um, this obviously is no way to excuse his behavior at all, but it, you know, it's clear that he might not be working with a full, fully functional, non-traumatized mind. Again, that is up to psychologists. Sorry about that, Veda, barking heavily because she does not believe in psychology. There we go again. Um, again, yeah, leaving the trauma of his past and whatever effect it might have on him in the present, uh, that's not for me to decide or really anybody without any sort of heavy degree in the psychological field of trauma and how it affects you um, going forward and what crimes you may commit afterwards as a result of it, if any. And, and as always, an explanation is not an excuse either way. Um, this man has done monstrous things. Um, he's also made fantastic films. Those two things always need to be mentioned together if you're talking about his films. Um, and really what happened at the Caesars got me 
thinking about an idea I've had for a while. I mean, not an idea, but something I've been kind of just turning over in my mind for a while now, because this has happened a couple times where you have a very controversial figure win an award, and there's kind of this uproar of, well, why were they nominated? Why, why, would, why would the guild give them this award? Why would they validate this figure by um, giving them such a high honor? Whether this is um, the Nobel Prize going to that, whatever the fuck his name was who designed, uh, denies the Serbian genocide, and also I do not deserve to remember your name because you designed fucking genocide, so go fuck yourself. Um, or, you know, on our version, obviously the Caesars most comparable in America, the Oscars, we've had some real, um, doozies of winners in the past couple of years, whether it was, uh, a more obfuscated case like Casey Affleck, where everybody's under NDAs, uh, the multiple awards Harvey Weinstein has won, uh, for his productions, which look very troubling in retrospect, uh, Gary Oldman, um, who's been accused of some terrible things, um, and a host of others that, you know, when you dig into it, have been just been accused and or convicted of doing terrible things to women or children or other people. Um, and again, this kind of idea that there's an institution that says, okay, this is the best director of the year. This is the best actor of the year. This is the best film of the year. It's this person. It's this thing. And when that thing has people who've done problematic work, um, for instance, the, you know, the entire career of Woody Allen, um, it, it's a very strange thing to reckon with. And so I, I they're, they, they decrease now in popularity as is. I would argue that we're probably at the point now where we don't need any of those award shows anymore. And they're not really serving any sort of purpose outside of stirring up this kind of controversy. And I think they probably like to stir up this kind of controversy. This gets, you know, who... This is the first time I think I've ever thought about the Caesar Awards and talked about it with people here outside of film school in my entire life because it was controversial. Um, you know, and, and the same with certain things at the Oscars, certain things with the film industry. Um, you know, is so and so going to be nominated? Is you know, should uh, Casey Affleck give back his Best Actor award? Things like that. Um, which, again, the the entire idea of objectively determining what the best performance was, what the best picture was, what the best director is, is a foolish endeavor. But it also makes separating the art from the artist impossible, because if you're supposed to judge the art objectively, then you have to remove the artist. Otherwise, you're grading it on a curve. Uh, I have not seen an officer and a spy. It currently has no U.S. distribution. Um, but I've, I've heard very good things about it from the festival circuit. Um, I've also, you know, so if if it is in fact the best of the movies nominated, um, then I have a hard time arguing it, arguing that it was the best directed film. If you know the people thought it was the best directed film, the problem is saying that anything is the best directed film, and needing to have this pomp and circumstance where at the end of the day, you have to give a completely subjective award for, you know, and pretend like it's objective, and have and you end up giving it to somebody who causes. Controversy because no two ideas of directing are the same anyway. Just like no two ideas of acting are the same. You have big acting, you have nuanced acting. You know, Joaquin Phoenix. I was thrilled that he finally won an Oscar this year. Although it was a very Oscar-y performance, I would have liked it to go. You know, maybe to someone else this year who was working a little more nuanced, working a little bit more non-showy. Um, and, and this is this is again the thing we you know we always get into. It's, and, and you look back at the Best Picture winners. 
Um, and you just you look at them and you realize a lot of these films haven't held up anyway. And so then you look at the performances and you think, okay, um, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman maybe edged out Heath Ledger, maybe edges out Joaquin Phoenix with Johnny Cash. Maybe. I don't know. Um, you know, that's that's a pretty tough call. Are we confident to say that one's the best and what isn't? Um, you know, the award show thinks we, it certainly is. Um, and yet, as the years have gone by, what has happened with those three performances? I mean, Heath Ledger is just borderline immortalized given the tragic circumstances of his death. Uh, Capote is not really a movie that's talked about anymore. I mean, it's a good performance. I mean, Philip Sperhoffman doesn't really give bad performances, but it's certainly not his best performance. Uh, Walk the Line is still a very fun biopic. Walking uh, Phoenix is very good in that movie. Um, and you can do this with Best Picture. You can do this with Best Director. You can just run down the list of it. You know, Shakespeare in Love. Who, who has watched that movie in the last 10 years of their own free will? Um, obviously, the big one to go back to is Crash, beating Brokeback Mountain. Um, or The Artist, a movie that came out and nobody ever thought about again. I don't even remember, I don't remember anything about those Oscars. And the point is that, you know, the movies that end up enduring anyway, endure endure on their merit. You can look back at a year like 1999 or 2000, or some of those years, and look at who won the Oscars. You know, I think you have Shakespeare in Love and American Beauty go back to back. And then look at the movies that have actually lasted. American Beauty's kind of hung around, but I mean, you also have things like Fight Club, uh, The Matrix, things that are really fucking out there that were not ever considered for awards and, you know, made their bones on the merit of being a good film. And so that that side of the award show already is a failure. And the idea that you could ever determine what the best film is, what the best song is. I much prefer critics just releasing a list of their 10 favorite movies, numbered or unnumbered. That way you can compare and contrast. You can look at critics you tend to agree with, critics you don't tend to agree with, maybe find some hidden gems in there. I mean, this year it was great that Parasite won Best Picture, but I think if you looked at most people's list of best films of the year, Parasite was at the top or at or near the top of most of those lists anyway. Um, it didn't really need an award show to validate it. It was going to be the best movie of the year regardless of whether or not it won, this, won the Oscar. Um, just like 1917 will be forgotten in the ash heap of history whether or not it won. And so to combine the just general pointlessness of the ceremony with then the fact that as we're, you know, unfortunately learning, like at least half of these guys, probably more, have either done horrible things, are connected to people who've done horrible things, are aware that people did horrible things, but look the other direction. Um, it's, it's kind of an idea of like, there's, there's no way to do this without it being a problematic issue. Because even if you separate the art from the artist, the artists, getting all these artists in one room is a disgusting thing to do because all of them are shitty people. <laughs> like, not, I, I, that, obviously, going over the top here, not all of them are bad. And sometimes it really is very empowering to see certain award winners. Some of the speeches really are fantastic. And, you know, I, I admit, Audrey, or I obviously watch the Oscars. I like the pageantry and the mystery of it. I like, you know, getting mad at it. I like... It's 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 a it's you know a stupid little Super Bowl for movie fans, um, and you do get some special stuff every now and then. You 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 do get a real surprise win. You get Mahershala Ali or um, Lupita Nyong'o really getting validated for phenomenal performances, or you get Joaquin Phoenix getting an overdue win, but giving a very good speech about animal rights, which is really interesting. Even as somebody who eats meat pretty much 
every day. Um, but the problem is, I just I don't see the function of these shows anymore. And in light of what has happened happened at the Caesars, and again, this is not the first time this has happened to Polanski. He won this at at the Academy Awards for The Pianist. And you know, to be fair, I do think The Pianist was the best directed movie that year. That move of the of the nominees at least. That is a phenomenal phenomenal film. It's it, um, moving, life affirming, um, just guttingly emotional film. Um, should Polanski have been allowed to make it? Should anybody have wanted to work with him? Should it have gotten funding? Should it have gotten released? I, I don't know. I know that in retrospect, I can't remove the movie from my head. I can't go back and make the movie not have happened. And so if you're going to say, we're going to pick the person who did the best job of directing this year, and it's a shitty person, I, I don't know what you do. Because if you take him out, then it's, we're going to pick the best you know moral person who did the best job of directing, or we're going to pick the person who we don't know is that immoral yet, or the person who, you know, we know is pretty immoral, but we're okay with him winning. Um, this is, you know, Mel Gibson certainly has kind of made a bit of a comeback. Um, he was nominated for Hacksaw Ridge a couple years ago. I'm not, I'm not sure why that is the case. Um, and so this this came up a lot with Casey Affleck and Manchester by the Sea as well uh, when it was thought that it was a two-man race. It probably was a two-man race between Affleck and Denzel Washington for Fences. And, you know, Casey Affleck obviously has that baggage, um, you know, based on the reports that are out there and what you can read and what you can't read based on what's closed in court documents. You can make up your own mind about how you feel about him. Um, having seen those movies, though, or uh, having seen Manchester by the Sea, especially, this idea is, I mean, that, that was the, of the nominees, that is the best performance. And so the idea that somehow, well, do you give it to somebody else because somebody's a bad person or has done something bad in their past. I don't know. Um, I don't know how that retains any idea of it being a really valid award. I don't know how you can say I won, you know, best non-rapist director. I mean, that's hopefully that's the one you're in the running for. You don't want to be in the running for best rapist director. But if you're looking at film objectively, I'm not sure how you weed out who's bad, who's good, because half the time we don't find out who's bad till long after they've already won. Um, a good example of this would be Kirk Douglas, a uh, Hollywood legend who almost certainly, um, based on numerous <laughs> accounts, raped Natalie Wood. Um, and it's just, it's, it's too hard to put these two things together, I think, in a way that makes any sort of coherent sense. And it's, it's fine that Polanski is the whipping boy for this. Uh, he should be the whipping boy for a lot of things. He's, he's done a lot of shitty things, which deserve to be... Um, whipped, I supposed. Um, Woody Allen has also bared the brunt of a lot of this. Uh, again, deservedly so. The fact that both of them make movies that often deal with sex, power dynamics, and stuff like that doesn't really make it easier to forget what they've been accused of or pled guilty to doing. Um, but I just, I, I've, it's, it seems incapable that both of these organizations, that both of these things, can exist at the same time. That you have an industry full of people who are absolute dog shit or associated with people who are absolute dog shit. I mean, look at the line Ricky Gervais dropped about uh, everybody in the room at the Golden Globes knowing Jeffrey Epstein. Um, it was funny and it got a lot of groans, but it's also very, very true. Uh, and then after that, we're just going to let them come up and talk about, you know, how impeachment should have gone. Um, you know, everybody politely clapped for them and whatnot. Um, you, 
and just to say this is you know we want we want to see these people win, but we also want it to be a moral competition in a completely amoral industry and an amoral um, group of people. And so I don't know how it moves on from there outside of the one dying. And I just, I don't think these award shows are necessary anymore. We have so much access to films that we never would have had before, foreign films, um, indie films that are now on things like Amazon and Netflix that we never would have seen before. So it's not always up to these award shows to validate something that might have not been seen anymore either. Um, social media, our own kind of connections with people can do that. Veda is protesting very loudly in the background, knocking down some pictures. But um, basically, I just, I don't want people to have to walk, feel uncomfortable at an award show because they're honoring somebody who was accused of rape. But I also don't know how you do the award show and say, we definitely know who the best director was, or we definitely know who the best actor was. If you remove everybody who's been accused of something horrible because then you're kind of just grading it on a curve. And that sounds really harsh, and I'm not standing in defense of any of these men or women who's been accused of these things. Rather, I'm saying it's the, the enterprise of trying to do it is such a fool's errand that it should just kind of be tossed aside. People can decide for themselves. We're grown-ups. We know what movies are good. We know what movies are bad. Don't watch a movie by somebody you don't if, if it's somebody who you think is problematic, by all means do not watch it. If you, you know, are comfortable and you think you're able to separate art from artist, by all means do it. Um, this is not exclusive to film, obviously. Um, the millions of listeners we have know I am a um I, I, I could say was, I, I regrettably probably should say still say am a big fan of the brand uh, the band Brand New, whose singer is um a fucking pedophile. Um, and yet, you know, I can't unlisten to their music. And so that's, I realize that's a part of me now. Um, but that's something that if you, you know, can put that away, by all means do it. I think, I think the idea of award shows, best of list, you know, and this goes again with music, best of the year list, just, it's not necessary anymore. We, nobody needs, this validation doesn't need to happen because it's only going to cause controversy between who you're leaving on, who you're leaving off, why you picked person A instead of person B. Why you let this person who's been accused of X, uh, or in Gary Oldman's case, I think beating his girlfriend or wife with a telephone, he's cool to win an Oscar. Um, Casey Affleck, unacceptable to win an Oscar. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's such a mess, and it's, so, it's such a degrading, disgusting thing to have to think about that all these people have done all this stuff that I just, it's, it's easier to say, Let's just kill the fucking thing and, you know, people can experience the art as they want to without making anybody forced to confront this sort of thing in a personal space. Because I honestly, you know, I cannot imagine what it is like to have lived through an assault and then hear the name Roman Polanski called out and clapped for. Um, I don't think anybody should ever have to go through that. And I think the simple fix to doing that is, you know, one, you could not nominate Polanski. That's fine. Um, you're going to still have other people who's a problem. But two, just don't let the situation arise to begin with. Um, don't put all those people in a room. Make them wait with bated breath. And then say, yeah, um, you know what? Actually, we can't deny it. It was it was the rapist did the best job this year. Because the problem is that that might be true. Maybe he did make the best movie this year. Um, should the movie have existed? I don't know. Somebody thought so. Should the actors have worked with him? I think, you know, that's in their moral calculus. But um, 
I don't think anybody should have to be, you know, should, or any organization should say, we're going to take it upon ourselves to determine the best of the best of the best, because more often than not, you're going to end up giving it to some real, real slimy individuals. And it's, there's, there's just no way out of that. So I think just leave film, be film. We will, we, the audiences will find what we like, what we don't like. We will make amends with directors we can cope with, directors we can't cope with, directors we can forgive, directors we can't forgive. Same with actors, actresses, screenwriters, producers, who you name it. You know, I'm glad all these people are being held to account. Um, and the maybe the best way to hold them to account is saying, you know, you don't get your fancy fucking award show anymore. Um, you, you get to sit and just read about it in the paper like the rest of us. Yeah.